What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome in. Full house here. Celtics, Cavs. Second time they've played this year. Second time they've gone to overtime. Second time it's been the most entertaining game or, you know, one of the most entertaining games we've seen. It's hard to argue with the quality of basketball or at least the entertainment value of the basketball. But the Celtics have come up short now twice against Jimmy's pick to, uh, well, Jimmy's taken victory laps over picking the Cavs to be a four seed, which isn't really that <laughs> super bold. But I wasn't trying to be bold. I was just trying to be accurate. <laughs> I might be wrong. They might be a one seed. For, might be a one seed. But um, there's things to like. There's things to get frustrated about. This is one of those games where you can be like, it happens. They lost. Cleveland's a good team. I think the Celtics have learned that now, and I think fans have learned that after having seen them play twice. It's a tough team. Sherrod and I were talking Garland. off air. Tough matchups um, here. Garland playing again. He was in there. He was fantastic. He did not play in the first game. So any fans who were looking for the, well, we didn't have Grant. Yeah, but they didn't have an all-star point guard. And they did tonight, and, and he was a, a difference maker. Um, so let's just start at the end. Um, couple, you know, look, you play in close games. You can nitpick 25,000 things that happen on the way to get there, probably on both sides. Um, I'm sure Cleveland can look at a lot of things that they're frustrated with themselves for allowing Boston to do and vice versa. That's what happens when good teams play good teams. But down the stretch, you have two horrible, horrible, horrible um, situations or decisions. Uh, one made by Marcus Smart, who took one of the worst late-game shots I've ever seen a Celtic take. I mean, I mean, what are you doing there he's, that's in that moment john i tell he's thinking he's going to get a call which i don't know why he was thinking he was going to get a call when clearly yeah. the way the flow of the game was going from beginning wasn't to happening end, they weren't getting the he was trying to calls. lean into it too. Yeah. yeah yeah they weren't getting the fit i mean he made a great play to draw the charge uh against allen you know shortly before that which you could kind of see coming because that i mean Mark, it, it was literally you you know that was a marcus smart thing to do just get up on the guy Force him to put his hands on you. The minute he puts any type of force or pressure on you, you go down. Great play on his part. But that, you're right. I mean, that was a horrible shot that he took, particularly in that moment where you absolutely needed one of your top two or three scores to take that, that shot. Or if you're going to take that shot and you're not Tatum or Brown, take that shot going to the basket and force the refs to make a call. Marcus didn't do that. He was trying to get bailed out. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and again, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Josue. Yep. <laughs> no, I just want to say, I just want to say, look, that was poor awareness on his part. It was just, that's something you do like towards the end of a, of a quarter, not the fourth, obviously, and especially not in overtime. You don't try to make play. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Dumb basketball in the minute. And we, and the other thing is the J, the, them not being prepared, whether Joe didn't have them prepared or Jalen wasn't, 
prepared to call a timeout the second that, uh, that they got the ball there at the end. That's an automatic, guys. That's that's automatic. Everybody at home knows it. You got to know it too. And Jalen's like, Do-do-do. so even if Joe spaced, that's bad awareness. I mean, sh- certainly he shouldn't. But then, yeah, come on, Jalen, you guys. So he, that's two situations there. And I'll, I'll, for what it's worth, Marcus is getting credit for. Well, he did draw the charge right before that. Even that's a bad basketball play in my mind because it's a flop that luckily got called. Allen was a little silly or lazy, kind of trying to shove his way through there. He didn't really make much contact, and honestly, the refs could have said, that wasn't enough contact and you flopped it. I don't like these really hard flops Marcus takes because most of them are so oversold that he doesn't get the benefit on the doubt on a lot of them. Um, and that was a potentially risky play where you could have left somebody open because you decided to try to buy a call. It worked. But I don't think that's a great basketball play either. Followed by the shot, followed by Jalen's decision. Dumb, dumb, dumb basketball in the last minute of the game. Jared made it easier for that call to be made because he fully extended the arms. His arms, yeah. And, and that yeah. was, and if you know, if he would have just kept his arms in tight, Marcus probably wouldn't have got that he, call. He, which he right. framed it for him. He framed it. Right. Yeah. This Celtics team does not have enough room for error against a team as good as Cleveland right now to make silly mistakes down the stretch. You don't have to be flawless, but you can't commit self-inflicted mistakes. Force them to force you to make a mistake. Have them do something defensively that throws you out of sync. You don't you don't make the mental blunders that they do and expect to be the team that, that's playing as well as Cleveland. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it, and that's I, right. It's unfortunate because Sorry, Bob, just real quick. I, I thought it was unfortunate because Marcus was doing a good job up until that point. I feel like he was, at least for the most part, speaking throughout the course of the game, like getting into the paint, getting into the teeth of the defense, whether it was finding a teammate or towards the later, you know, towards the end of the second half, he was, uh, you know, he hit a couple layups going in. But, you know, it was just a foolish play. It was as if he forgot he was 10 feet away from where he was supposed to be in, in, in position to make that to make that layup or at least try to draw a foul. Yeah, emblematic of everybody taken away from good games that they all had up and down the lineup in this game. I thought everyone played well in the Celtics in this game, save for my guy Cornette, who got pulled pretty early. Uh, But the regular rotation, the core seven guys, I thought all played well in this game. But key stretches, they all slipped smart in overtime after he got them there with those two great buckets at the rim, five straight points. Uh, I thought Horford early was pretty rough recovered late, so he made up for it. Uh, Tatum bailed the Cavs out. It makes that big dunk to force overtime, but jump shot galore in overtime, bailing them out on multiple chances on one of those possessions. Brown, turnover city in a game where I really thought he forced the issue well and scored downhill, but travels, he got away with one at one point. Uh, you know, the play we talk about there, running in transition, that might have been his fault on the final timeout call. Uh, and the only guy I really can't nitpick was White, who was great. And Grant was pretty good in this game, too. Uh, but everybody made little mistakes to take away from what was overall a pretty good effort here. Uh, they survived some runs. They piled up some key spots. Uh, strung together stops in succession, I thought, as well as they have all year against a really tough offense here. And then Brogdon, too, the missed layups. Like, a lot of missed layups from him I know, but game. I'll excuse Brogdon. I, it, it, he did have a kind of a rough third. He got cooked by Mitchell twice, um, and that didn't look great. He missed uh, a, a wide-open corner three and three shots at the rim, but at least he was taking shots at the rim on a team that's just increasingly settling for jumper, jumper, jumper. I yep. like seeing him attack a little bit there. And honestly, 
was, and um, you know, and he rebounded uh, uh, well there at the end. Um, and when they got in a little bit of a rut there in the fourth quarter, he had one going downhill, getting them going, and a couple of uh, you know, uh, a couple of good possessions before ultimately they went with their closing lineup. He got taken out of the game, but you thought Jalen had uh, Jalen had a weird thirty for me, man. I couldn't figure him out tonight. Again, a game like this where you have great rim protectors, where you're really going to struggle to get good looks at the rim, he cracks it open. And even if he's not super efficient, I'm going to love it. But you can't turn the ball over the way he did in key spots. Sloppy, getting lost, even plays where he didn't necessarily commit a turnover. I he just got he trapped, in got in too deep. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, don't, I didn't love his game. I didn't love the shot at the end either. And I don't know if that's him making a decision with multiple reads there, but – Fade away over Dean Wade. Same shot Tatum yeah. took. But that's the, the problem. That's what the, timeout does. that's what the timeout does for you. Because um, if you have four seconds, you can get something going to the basket. When you have two seconds or 2.3 seconds, really all you can do is 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 uh, is, is Yeah, so they lost there. a little bit of time there with the timeout. So the step back's right? really all you had um, there. I didn't love – I mean, it was really, really fading away. That's an extremely difficult shot. If you get it, catch, rise up, get a clean look, that's fine. But, I mean, that was an extremely difficult shot. Off balance. The, uh, the, yeah. yeah, off balance. Well, even the announcer crew was calling out that play, so I'm sure the Cavs had it, that they yeah. were going to go diversion Tatum there. Yeah, and Tatum's in the backcourt. Look at this super chat out of the gate trade for Porzingis. Let's Might go. be early to start having that conversation. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? For 20 bucks, you can say whatever you want. 20 bucks, yeah. you get to, you get to you trade. You can with... any any trade proposal that... you want. <laughs> I think you spent $19. We love it. No, Let's break it down. I'm not going to not address this, absolutely. Yeah. I love the way Porzingis is starting the season. They beat the Sixers tonight, right? Yeah, Solid great. Team. He's had a couple of really good games, by the way. Um, if he's healthy, he's still an elite player. And that was a Kemba option a couple of years ago, but I don't know who you would trade now. No. no. Uh, yeah, Miss Lake. I like Porzingis, but isn't he kind of a jerk? And he's hurt all the time. <laughs> he's a jerk. Yeah, I don't think we um, want any more jerks on the team. Yeah. <laughs> you know him? <laughs> Personally, I know his entire family. That now. was a weird They're way to go. <laughs> Jimmy's I guess like, yeah, you could go that way on him. We're on the streets. The Porzingis family ain't it. What do we get this? What do we get here? The amount of blown open layups cost us this game tonight. We missed so many bunnies. However, Joe got to call a timeout when momentum shifts. So uh, this is where I want to go to it because I want to go there. Uh, and Jimmy. Thank you, you Ben. Have, Jimmy, He's you lucky he didn't call one in overtime. He got lucky there. Jimmy, I'll start with you here. Um, it, Fair or not fair, the, the the Joe criticism with the timeouts um, right now because there's a lot. The chat right now is lit up with Joe is in over his head, and obviously the subplot and the subtext to a lot of what's going to go on with this team, particularly yep. if you see any what appear to be coaching mishaps or anything that can be interpreted by fans as something that the coach is influencing that's impacting how mm -hmm. his team is playing is going to be heavily colored by what's going on right now with their former head coach uh, being let go and let out of his suspension and his contract going over to the Allegedly. Nets. Allegedly, so presumably, reportedly, whatever it is. But that <laughs> appears to happen. The team spoke about it today. We'll talk about their comments and their vibe. But um, Joe, the refer this is a referendum on Joe as much as anything, which is like, hey, Ime leaving 
is fine as long as you know what the F you're doing. And any indication that he may or may not is going to kind of get people a little antsy. So the guard report, as always, is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Bet NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head right over to betonline.ag. Join now. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Once again, betonline.ag. That's where the action is. 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. CLNS50 is the promo code. Bet online where the game starts. People freaking out about the timeouts, Jimmy. Is it fair? Yes and no. I mean, this, you know, you could replace the name Joe and put Ime in there. How many people were freaking out at Ime on this show, on the comment section? Not us. We kind of give, we wanted to give Ime his fair shares, his chance. And sure enough, he, he was able to turn things around a few months into the year. I think we got to give Joe. fire Joe from Dirk. Always coming in hot with the 11 11. Oh, this um, can't be real. This is, this is, you can't be serious. Get Kyrie back. Don't get me started. Yeah, he's, he's, joking. he's joking. He's joking. Oh, I didn't make it that far. Wow. He's joking, guys. He's he joking. doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean it. Bobby yeah, Dirk, mean it. Dirk is not, <laughs> Dirk is not a reactionary guy. Okay. Have, but still, have there been situations where you'd like to see, you'd like to see Missoula call timeout? earlier absolutely there's been a few games already this year where i know a lot of people are screaming at the tv call timeout call timeout you don't need to wait for the lead to completely evaporate you don't need to wait for the for the for the deficit to get to 10 or whatever it is he needs to be able to understand in-game momentum i think is is a is a huge part of the nba obviously it's not breaking news and sort of having a feel for how that's going is something a head coach needs to have i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna have him fired over it um, and there were a lot of points early in last season where a lot of people in the chat, a lot of fans were saying, bad hiring. You know, Ime doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head. You know, these guys don't listen to him, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're seeing and hearing a lot of the same things right now. So I'm willing to obviously give him a little bit more time. Now, the circumstances are a little different. There was a huge, you know, vetting process with Ime, and they, the, the players had a big say in, in choosing him. And you knew that they were going to stick it out with him for a while. You can't really say that's the case with Missoula. I mean, I don't really know. I know that they're saying all these things about him publicly and putting all their support behind him. And I know that he was a candidate for the Utah Jazz job and all those things. But you still have to wonder, is it the right fit? Do, do the, does he have all the players' support, you know, truly? Does the front office truly want him as the head coach? Well, I mean, those are, those are the questions that are going to come up more and more and more after who, losses. Whose so. guy is he? Right. Whose guy is uh, he? He's Brad's guy. Brad lost the team, you know, um, it, it was, that's, and again, this isn't to say everything is said. And again, we'll get to the comments later um, from Marcus and from Jalen uh, to Gary Washburn, Sherrod's uh, podcast buddy, uh, um, you know, for the globe over there covering the game um, in Cleveland. Uh, got a really good scoop and talked to the players and they're definitely not happy, but they, they're trying very, 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 very hard to say at every turn, but Joe is great. We have utmost faith in Joe. So good on them for at least saying that. What you want to know is, is it 
do they believe it? It's not a Joe thing. It's 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 not that it's Joe as the head coach. It's that Ime isn't the head coach. It could yes. be anybody. It could be anybody. Uh, it could be a little both. And I don't think they're related. Ime, again, we'll talk Ime a little bit later. He wasn't coming back. What do you mean so they're not related? Ime, what, what do you mean? What's not related? Ime was never coming back to this team. But we all agree on that. That's not the point. The yeah, point the, is, again, Marcus Smart very clearly today say, I thought he was coming back, didn't realize we were basically casting him off forever. So the players thought it was possible, and the players also believed the Joe interim tag was a Joe interim tag. So now they're like, exactly. so your plan was to never get him back? That's not I mean, what are, were... they, are they serious yeah. with that? Like, that, No, Bobby, they're lying. They are. <laughs> I can't imagine that the players... Did anyone else in the world think Emei was coming back to this team? We didn't, but it doesn't yeah, matter what we think. The players have a little more trust in the organization than I mean, that's what they were told. I, I, I well, think again, that could be an organizational mistake if that, they were under that impression. I think <laughs> there are a lot of organizational mistakes. But again, we're going to get off the rails if we go down the road yeah. here right now. Just yeah. looking, and we'll get there, I promise. But first, we want to focus a little bit on the post game. Joe tonight, okay? We have, once again, those situations where I believe it's like a 28-8 run or whatever the hell it is. No timeout in there again in the third quarter. Yeah. I... I I don't know, and Bobby, you guys are there. Bobby, you're at every practice and availability, and Sherrod and Josue, you guys have been down there as well. Is there an explanation for the let them play right now? This is a really low-hanging fruit you know, kind of thing that fans can pick on, and fans and media, it's easy, because we're, we're just smart enough to be able to understand timeouts, sometimes stop runs, and really not much else in terms of what goes into being an NBA coach, but it just seems like such a valuable tool that for some reason he's refusing to use and we've seen leads completely slip away uh from them you know a few times this season while joe's inexplicably just letting them play through it and i'm not really sure what the motivation behind this is well the default mechanism i think for most coaches is to let guys play through it and and if it doesn't work out you can just use that as well this is just part of our growth to get better letting them deal with adversity on their own but at some point he has to get a better pulse for when to stop the bleeding uh, and when to let them play through it. And I don't think he's figured that out yet. And then that's no knock against Joe. I think most first-year coaches, it takes them a minute to figure out how to do that. Uh, you look back at, at Ime Yudoka, and I, I, you know, early on, I think we we're having similar conversations about him and how he was utilizing when to, to shut down, you know, being on the short end of runs and when to just kind of let them play through it. So I think Joe – Same with Brad. What's that? Same with Brad. Remember, we used to get on Brad. He used to sit. He used to sit on the whistle and, and yeah. never. So I, I think I think it's a, a first year coach thing more than anything else. But you're right, though. It's the difference with with you know Joe now versus Ime versus Brad is that Joe has inherited a team that's built to win a championship, and Brad's team was built to be in a lottery. And Ime's team, we really didn't know what to, to make of them. Uh, that they had some talent, but they by no means were a clear cut front runner to win a championship like this Celtics team. Are. So that's why for Joe, the decisions and non decisions that he makes, they're magnified because of the type of personnel that he's working with. And in long story short, he's got to figure this out quicker than most first year coaches have because of the personnel that he has at his yeah. disposal. Agreed. Right. And, and, and there's no way. Sorry, go ahead. There's no way the players haven't been consulted on that approach. Like, you know, Tatum said he loves it. I, I believe Smart talked about it too. I think they want this in terms of being able to be free-flowing and handle it themselves. Or at least they've come to an agreement that that's going to be necessary. But 
You have to it's inter- painful to watch. It's you have to, inter- to watch. You have to interject if you feel that's not right, and that's the feel he's going to have to develop there. Not I would like to interject. Run, not only just from a run stopping perspective. <laughs> I don't think that's right. But but guys need rest too, and there's no point in not using them. You lose them. Here's the thing. What us- Oh, can I talk to you? As Joe, one second. Up? I just got one thing. I just one thing, Joe. Yeah, one thing. Listen, <laughs> real quick. Again, what drove us nuts? What drove us nuts about Brad? Player empowerment, right? Oh, everybody yeah, can right. shoot. Okay, totally yeah. fine. I don't want to tell a guy he can't take a shot because that's going to hurt his confidence down the road. And that's great, like you know you know, you know, K through eight basketball sort of mentality. I don't know that it works with pros like Marcus. No, no. You know, like that's, that's what we wanted Brad to say is grab him by the shirt and be like, no, you do not look for your shot in overtime. You give it to those guys. Okay. They shoot, uh, you know, down the stretch, not you. And so just this freewheeling, free flowing approach. That's the kind of stuff that, that, that got us all hooked on calm. Okay. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, put us over the edge last year. I mean, a couple of years ago. So that's what I don't love is yes. The idea of freewheeling, meaning go, 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 push it, push it, push it. You have free reign to take off. You don't have to worry and be careful about stuff. I want you guys to get out in front and move the ball and play with pace and take the first good shot. You see, early in the game, in the early parts of the game. That's how you play it. Things tighten up. You have to have a little bit of structure, right? Uh, you can't just say, like, yeah, just kind of do whatever. Go for it. Marcus yeah, it's a balance. It's a, it's there's a, a balance there. And the so thinking, it goes the thinking is, yeah. though, is that... It, that happy yeah. And they haven't found that yet. But we're, we're what, yeah. six, seven games into the season? So I'm not ready to hit the panic button just Not at all. Yeah. But you're right, though. I mean, it's definitely uh, it, it, comfort it, it, thing, though. Right? You got it. He's com- Sorry, no, I was just going to say, it's, it's not a comfort thing. Like, he's comfortable doing this, and I think he, he sees things from a player's perspective. I mean, he's, he was a former point guard. You could tell he he, he wants to make things as, as, as player-friendly as possible. You know, it seems like they they like that, but he's got to – He's got to find that 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 happy meme. He's got to find that moment where he knows, okay, now is the best time to call a timeout and interject something that you know could be valuable. You know, maybe it's not a play to draw up right away, but it's just something that the guys need. And obviously, most of the time, it's just a breather. I mean, the way these guys are playing, especially in this game, especially against a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers, who can run run the floor with you, can keep up with you back and forth. I mean, some of these timeouts are just like, man, they, they need a break out there. They're tired, you know. That's what and I'm another saying. time. Yeah, they need to, they need to, you know, he needs to interject something. They, they need to be guided, you know. So. If That's they were tired in the fourth quarter, then they didn't use enough timeouts. Yeah. Right. There's a million not, reasons to do it. Rather. Yeah. yeah. Stop runs before they happen uh, and give your guys a little bit of a blow. Um, you know, they did look tired. Um, Al Horford looks pretty gassed right now, and I understand why Al Horford looks gassed. Jalen oh, Brown man. looked gassed. Jalen Brown, uh, you yeah. know, for, for a lot of the game. Um, so, you know, again – what do we got here? Wow. Horford can't only have one offensive rebound. Yeah, that was um, a tough matchup tonight, though. He was up and down the floor. He was that's tough. Yeah. Well, not, not only he's the, a three the point matchup, shooter now. The way that I, I, that's what I was about to say, Jimmy. He's but you move him out to the three point line to get the big shot of there too. That's right? his role. That's he's it. Not, I mean, yeah. you know, that's true. Yeah, that Al Horford's not going to get you rebounds. He's just not because of the way that they're using him. Al spends very little time in the paint. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him actually about that, and it's an adjustment for him because you, you look at it, 
the you know the arc of his career, Al for the most part has been an on the block physical rebounder who anywhere in the seven to nine rebounds per game range. And now he's not getting those numbers because he's not in position to get those those type of rebounds. He has become a stretch big catch and shoot guy in this in this this lineup, and that's limiting. Uh, his impact when it comes to rebounds. I don't look for Al to get any rebounds. I look for Sam Hauser to get more rebounds per game than Al Horford because Sam will actually, as crazy as that may sound, he'll be closer to the basket than Al most of the game. Well, let you me know ask you this. You know, Horford, no, Horford at 12 tonight. I don't care about offensive rebounds. You know well, who's the happiest? Defensive. You know who's the happiest about being at the three-point line? About Al Horford being at the three-point line? Al Horford. You think Al Horford wants to be banging down low with a bunch of centers anymore? Of course not. The older these guys well, get, they have to slowly move away from – not have to, but they want to as well. Kevin Garnett didn't want to play center late in his career. You kidding me? He wanted to be sitting out, you know, hitting 18-footers. He didn't want to be banging down low. He didn't want to be a center, and neither does Al Horford. And the older these guys get, if you want them to finish off their contracts and stay off the, you know, injury report – they're not going to be physic- as physical as they were 10 years ago. Totally. Years ago. And, and, well, and let's look at this. Throw this a, lot of, a lot of enemies down low, you know? A lot of people that want throw to. This super <laughs> chat up, yeah. Throw this throw super chat up here from Jacob asking about Vonley. And thank you very much, Jacob. Appreciate uh, the, the, you, Jacob. the tip here. Um, the uh, – what was – and again, I'm, it, how, what's – everybody here knows what's coming, right? I, 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 what I'm going to turn this into. <laughs> I do. Okay. So, I'm here for you. <laughs> Why no, is Cornette getting this the nod over over? Ah, Jimmy, you brought the you brought K into it. Damn it! I knew that's where he was going with it. I did too. But, but no, it's actually it's it's more of a global look. We have yeah, now seen very recently. That coin. No, no, look at look at what's happened here with the bigs. Right, you went from. Uh, you know, Blake, like two, you know, two games ago, played a bunch of minutes and then all of us were like, you know, and then Blake didn't play at all last game. Blake doesn't play at all this game. Uh, Cornette played some minutes. Then Cornette comes in for three minutes tonight, and Bobby immediately tweets about something that he does. And then Cornette goes to the bench <laughs> oh, minus eight after three minutes and never gets seen again. Vonley, was he a DNPCD or did he sneak in yeah. for a minute? No, he didn't play. Okay, so this is a team that – and this is, this is the status. This is the state of the Celtics big man situation. Yes, you didn't have Grant last time, but – this is a team that starts two very good bigs that you know you've got to throw some size at them in order mm-hmm. to be able to compete. And you didn't have you had you had the confidence to play your reserve bigs a total of three minutes combined uh, against this Cleveland team. It just shows you how li- you're not playing them in this game. You're not playing them ever, right? That shows you how little confidence the Celtics have after such a short period of time in all of them. They've tried on. Different sizes, different shapes, put them in different situations, and they're like, these guys blow. Um, and that, that's, I think that's where we are, right? And, it's, and it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter who oh, we're they there. play. They're, they're focused on playing. We're going to play our best players. And it doesn't matter if we're undersized. Which they matter. should. I mean, yeah, I mean, you saw there were possessions, multiple possessions where you saw Marcus Smart, you know, on, on a guy like Jared Allen or Mobley. And, and, that seemed to be an okay thing uh, for the Celtics. They had no issues with that. And and I understand that the thinking of playing your best players, because in, in the grand scheme of things, it does make a lot of sense. But you really do, from time to time, you got to be situational. Like, if you've got one big who you know is kind of physical and can bang, this was a 
I thought this was a game where you played him. Bonley, I was a little surprised we didn't see him. Uh, when you look at the way Jared Allen plays, Jared is not a stretch big by any stretch of the imagination. You ideally would have someone here who could be physical with him, uh, who's not named Al Horford. Al, I thought this this game was a bit of an outlier for Al. Al normally doesn't spend as much time around the rim as he did in this game, but he didn't have a choice because the guys that he was defending, that's where they were. And the Celtics' bottom line is Joe Mazzulla has to get a better pulse on what he needs to do and when he needs to do it. And again, he's a first-year coach. It's going to take him some time, but he's not there yet. Because I thought this was an example where, you know, there were some clear signs going into the game that certain players should have saw some action just to see what that looks like, and others probably shouldn't have. No doubt. Um, flipping the switch. Sorry, just- Bobby. Sorry about that, but this was not a Luke Cornette should be out there kind of game. There is, I don't there think so either. They there aren't many of those, like <laughs> No, he's going to be back. He's playing That's good like, to start this year. You're going to go off three minutes in this game. He's been good to start this year. Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, Sasquatch, and and games Luke Cornette should play in. What are a bunch of things if, that if, don't if, exist? If Stop the slander. If that was the final shot, yeah, Luke dude. He's, he's doing his job. Right? Wait, what, wait, what'd you say about the Easter Bunny? If if their aim is to funnel well, shots away from the rim, he's gonna do the best job of any of those guys. <laughs> and, there. And they want to switch more in and this Luke game. And Luke Cornette games, yeah. Uh, man, this isn't fun. a show be, for the kids, getting, man. Damn, we get dumped on the young fans on this these games. One of these games coming he's, up will get dumped. I, I think if your kid is still up, his name guys. is Deuce Tatum, and he shouldn't be up right now. Okay, okay, your kid should not be up watching this show. The replays on the way to school tomorrow. I will say, if we're going to pull a positive from this game, going a little bit smaller, switching a lot more. This is the most they've switched this season tonight. Look good. And, you know, what, what is it? 113 if we're, or 114, rather. We're looking at, like, how the scoring's gone in the league. This is probably on the higher end of some of their defensive Defensively, they were inconsistent. okay, but you're right, inconsistent. Yeah, Agreed. there were stretches where they got lit up by Garland. The, yeah. the defense Garland really came up out in the second fire. quarter. Yeah. I thought Tatum, Tatum had multiple moments of really, really, really good defense, which I don't think we can say that. He usually has a moment or two. I thought he had he was able to string together more moments than he normally does, uh, particularly when it comes to, you know, just end-to-end impact plays, knocking down shots, getting back, mm-hmm. making his presence felt defensively, either with a block or a contested shot. Um, Tatum, I thought, this was one of his better all-around games. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he still found ways to impact in terms yeah. of scoring, and his defense was really, I, I thought, for the most part, really good. And there was a- offensively tonight for Tatum, but, Sherrod, you're right. He did show up in big situations. I mean, the obvious one is just the end of the fourth quarter there. I think right. everybody thought he could have gotten in one on that dunk there. Well, I he should have. He went down – he threw that down so hard where it almost, like, didn't look it like it was like it foul. didn't impact him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like three, yeah. still three replays, and he got fouled on all three replays. Totally. Yeah, but, every li- but live, I think it was just such a thunderous dunk where it's like you, you, you didn't even think anything affected him. Yeah, then he comes st- down. Go, go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 John. What do you got? No, no, no. You, go, you finish. No, you finish. It's not important. No, I was going to say, and then he comes down on the other end and makes that nice – that was a great <laughs> block. I know you Gerard, kind of already mentioned it, but just the – one into the other end was great. But I don't think it was a consistent night. All that being said, my last point on Tatum. I know we talked about the last shot of the game in the overtime. I just can't figure out why he's not even an option. Like, this is a guy that a lot of people think could be the MVP, first-team All-NBA, obviously. 
and he's not even like they're not drawing the play up for him. Can you just figure out a way to get him the ball? I mean, if you want to criticize Missoula for anything, for me, it would be that. And no offense to Jalen Brown, but I want the ball in Tatum's hands over Jalen Brown's hands on more occasions than I don't. So that would yeah. be my biggest call with, with that. Yeah. You got him standing, it. You got him standing at the free throw line at the other side of the court. I thought about don't you want to bring him there, but I was like, we're, we're going to have a lot of nights like this. So I, I don't know. But we can go down that road. I don't I really need did. to go down it, but I was just to me, it's like I, it's no, I, agree. Obvious. I don't get that either. Yeah, like is Joe yeah, Missoula going to be that kind of MVP like, or is he not an MVP? Earlier. I don't know. Is he going to try to keep it fair? And, and, and if both guys are playing well, it's like okay, well, Tatum, you get this no. shot, Jalen, you no. get that one. Like, is it going to no, be that, that kind of? Thing? I think no, they, no. I think they looked at the matchups and they thought that Brown had the better matchup to get a bucket in that situation. He was guarded by Dean Wade. They underrated Dean Wade, who's not exact. Well, he's I mean, Dean Wade is throw a pick. A crappy that's true defender, but he's he's not locking anybody up either. Jalen and got a, a pretty good look off when you consider the time and you know and it was a fine right look. There. It's not yeah. really I don't I don't really have a problem with the look. It's just I would rather Tatum have that look. Would you rather Tatum have that look against a better defender? Because that's what Tatum would have yeah, had. Because good offense beats good defense. I, was, was I, stand by I don't that, think so, yeah. I don't think Robert's the best defender in the world. It wasn't like they no, had he's a, not. But yeah, he's athletic enough him. to be. But I, I think Levert on Tatum is a tougher opportunity for Boston to score than Brown being guarded by Dean Wade. I agree. If they were gonna go downhill, and again, Who like is this Dean team, Wade? why are we acting like Dean Wade is? He's a, hey, who stopped? Who stopped Tatum at the buzzer on Friday? They need to get downhill more as a was team. This Wade? is where it was Dean Wade. <laughs> this is where is Dean Wade. Somebody tell me where did Dean Wade go to college? He's been really good for the Cavs. He had like 22 the other night. Um, yeah, all right. But Dean Wade. There's only one D Wade. Right? There's only one D Wade. Is that the guy who played Superman? Dean Kane. You're making me lose my thought. Joe Sway's talked about this. They're shooting a ton of threes. I, would they come in third in three-point attempts in, 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 during this one? Their percentage floats around 50%, and they actually balanced it out well late in the fourth and got it closer down to like 46, uh, 54 in terms of twos and threes. They are just jacking shots like crazy, though, in some possessions, settling, kicking out to shooters and not continuing to keep the ball moving in, in the second layers. Grant missed a couple late that killed them. And, you know, they, they're producing good shots overall, but it does feel like we're back to some of that Brad stuff in terms of, like, threes, 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 threes. They're all good looks. We love our looks. But, oh, we went cold at the end of the game and we lost. And I just love the refreshing sequence where Smart posted Garland Broadening yeah. up baseline and found smart for a three-point play. Mix it up. Mix it up down the stretch. And luckily they did there, but they went back to launching in overtime. You know, it's interesting too, Bobby. They had they, they forced Cleveland to play that way in that second quarter, right? When things got out. Yeah. I feel like the, the Celtics were, were making them. It was like they were in panic mode. I guess the fourth quarter, and they didn't have enough time to come back. And the Celtics went on that run, but then Cleveland throwing back. And honestly – I got to give a credit to the bigs. It was, I mean, obviously, you know, Donovan Mitchell got hot in the second half, but that stretch where they came back and grabbed the lead, that huge run that they went on. I mean, that, a lot of that had to do with Allen and, 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 and Mobley, you know, whether it was setting hard screens, you know, catching the right, the, the, the that they wanted to take advantage of, you know, even the one-on-one with Allen transition, you know, they, they were able to take advantage of that. And all of a sudden they, they cut down that deficit in, in two and a half minutes. And, let, and let's not it's it's not it would not be fair look 
what is this? It's a Celtics post game show. We're always going to look at things through a Celtics lens. I think we all fully acknowledge Cleveland is real. Um, like Definitely. real, real, you know, yeah. they I were think they can make the finals. They Be were real. pretty good last year. Jesus, Bobby, you just jumped to that quick, huh? Yeah. Finals, I, huh? <laughs> I really like, like the pieces they have. Wrong, I mean, Bobby reacted like Bobby, Bobby reacting. Bobby, how many times do you fall in love a day? All you know? they're missing. You just all walk down the street is... and be like, "Oh, you know." <laughs> this, well, this is this is my one this year. I yeah, waitress oh. likes me. <laughs> I love the pieces this team has, and don't they just have a killer instinct too? You see Mobley, his subtle impact, Mitchell making it look easy at certain points. Like he hit the shot that Brown missed in the game Season a couple minutes over. earlier. Why even play the schedule? Cavs are gonna win. Cavs are legit. Ginor- I mean, if you look at a team, forget the Cavs. For- John, forget the Cavs. Forget who's on the team. If I just told you Team X is top five in offense and top five in defense, do you think they can make the finals? No, I mean, it's if we're talking about seven games in March, Bobby small yes. sample sizes. We're talking about them come, in October, you know? and November. Yes. I don't care. Well, that's without Garland, by the way. So they're going to add him to that mix. Small sample we know sizes. That we, Here we Bobby, go. But not, I like. We not, like them, Bobby. Yeah, we like not, them. Like convincing. We already agree. They're very, very. The good. premise of this conversation this is Cleveland is good. Show. You don't have to like triple down. We get <laughs> it. Like they're good, but they are possible. real. They're good, right? They could be better than you. Who is me? The Celtics. I don't <laughs> get personal. Me? Wait, now he's like. <laughs> Better than you, if you hey, John. Flipped. Guess what? If you put your, if you, if your family had a basketball team, they would get murdered by the Cavs. Bobby's Toronto alter ego just overtook his body. I know you yeah, are. They're what better am I? Than you loser Celtics. <laughs> Toronto, by the way, just beat a team by forty-three after winning their last game. I love 30. them too. They well, love it. They can make the finals. That's my new finals pick. I'm not, I'm not there yet with them. <laughs> Siakam is playing like <laughs> Atlanta's making the finals. Book it. I had a playoff here, but he's back. Toronto, Cleveland. There we go. Toronto. The Celtics can make the finals too. How's that? Well, I love it, it. only two teams can make it. One from the East. So. They're better than you. I should have pointed at Shrod. Shrod is the Celtics winning it all. No one knows where you're pointing in this uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. It's They're just pointing oh, straight. You can point up. <laughs> That guy right there, <laughs> this guy. Um, no, they're they're damn good. They deserve credit. And again, you've lost two two games against this team. You lost to you know Chicago. These are like explainable. Like these are these losses happen. You know, um, don't but, lose to Chicago on Friday. You better. Okay, I won't. Jesus, stop <laughs> yelling at me. I'm not the Celtics. <laughs> John, your team will win on Friday. <laughs> John, you will win. Get it together. John, win. Please. Yeah, I will try. I will try. Um, we do want to uh quickly tell you about something, and I don't think we're I don't think we're hysterical here. Again, I think perspective is normal, right? We we get it, these losses happen. Um yeah. but um still yeah, they happen. Everyone can use a little calm from time to time, right? Well, I think the reason why we're not hysterical is because we do use calm. Because from time to calm. time. We do. This is a good night for it. Yeah, I saw people freaking out. This is a good night for it. So, again, uh, you know. 
Rangers for it. Com.com slash garden. Yeah. Jimmy, you want to do this? I mean, I just off the off the cuff. I mean, it's sure. at this point, it's come on, play this, play the sound. No, I mean at, at this not point, yet. No, not gonna play the sound yet. But at, at this point, I think we all know the benefits. Everyone who's tried calm, I guarantee you, has kept calm because you just know the benefits of it. Sleep stories, soundscapes, music, uh, meditation, nature, nature, nature is neat. Everybody, don't forget that. So these are all some of the benefits of calm, and we can give you forty percent off. If you go to com.com slash garden, guys, coming off of a game, win or lose, this was anytime the game goes into overtime, your emotions are all, all over the place. It's going to be a late one. A lot of you guys have to be up early for work tomorrow, and you just need to find a way to go from up here. Just take it down a couple notches, get in a little, a little, you know, rest, relaxation mode. Calm is there to help you get to that where you need to be. Totally. And it's not just for falling asleep. It's a good way to start your day, too. You wake up in the morning and there's, and you, you, you put on the app, connect it to your Bluetooth, you're in the shower, and there's somebody, uh, you know, just giving you some, uh, what, helpful motivation type, you know, like start your day off the right way type stuff. It's good. I like Sometimes I, I wake up, listen to Calm, and go back to sleep. Um, it's great. Busy um, day so for you. I love it. So we use it, everybody here. Uh, we enjoy <laughs> the guided meditations, the sleep stories, all those things. So for listeners of the show, which all of you obviously are, many of you loyal listeners, and you've been here a bit, you're familiar with Calm. But again, exclusive offer, 40% off a premium subscription. The premium subscription makes a big difference, trust Christmas me. Christmas is coming. Calm.com. It's a really, actually, really good gift, and it's that a huge a discount. Gift. And it's a great gift. So com.com slash garden, 40% off, unlimited access, the entire library, which is constantly updated. Again, you have to go to com.com slash garden. Uh, so please check that out for us. Uh, you will not be disappointed. It's a good it really gift. Is. You know, you got a buddy or maybe a girlfriend or a boyfriend who might be a little, little crazy at times. Maybe this is a good subtle way to say, hey, I, I think you should maybe focus on, your, out. on Calm your mental down. a little bit. Yeah. Don't tell a girl to calm down. Just give her a. It's like getting your significant other a gym membership. You know, yeah. like. You yeah, can't you don't do want to do that. You don't want to go that far, but there's a way to get them there on their own. And this yeah. is probably one of those ways. So check that out. Um, so um, as far as this game goes, anything anything left on it, guys? On this specific game? No. All right. So let's move on to the other story of the day, which was, um, again, the. Uh, the comments made by the Celtics today, and everybody by now knows Ime Odoka is very likely in the coming days, who knows how long, timetable is uncertain, going to be named the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, this what? This weekend? NBA on TNT is talking about the, potentially this weekend. That's what I heard. Yes, that's possible. So the Celtics, um, you knew – so. This is what the story always came down to in, in, in a lot of our eyes when we talked about it. What matters most uh, beyond what happened, which, again, we just don't have the details. So what, what matters most as far as impact to the product, to the Celtics, to, to the on-court, you know, uh, you know and, 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 and whether or not they're successful is whether they buy it, whether they buy in, whether they think it was justified, whether they support the Celtics' decision. We were all at media day, and the general vibe we all got was – I don't, they don't know, they don't know anything. And I don't know how on board they are here. I think they, the, because they didn't have the benefit of really uh, knowing any details, which there's an, un, 
You understand why they didn't, but because of that, they couldn't make up their minds, much like a lot of fans can't make up their minds or media because you know so little. Um, you know, it was Ime violated team policy. Um, uh, you believe it was to having an extramarital affair with a subordinate employee, and that's it. Uh, there's not much else to it. So the players don't know what to think. And today, Gary Washburn talked to um, the guys. It was, uh, it was Himmelsbach. Himmelsbach, sorry. Himmelsbach, I said Washburn. Uh, uh, Himmelsbach with the Globe talked to uh, uh, Marcus at uh, Shootaround, I believe. Here's a couple of really interesting quotes here. Uh, this was Marcus about, uh, about Ime. His name got slandered and slaughtered. It was... Quote, he'll never probably never coach again. And a couple months later, now he's possibly going to be the coach of one of our biggest rivals. So, again, this speaks to this vibe that they were told what he did was so bad, he's never going to coach again. And we obviously have to get rid of him. And they're like, okay, I guess if it's that bad. Uh, and then the other is, it really doesn't matter what we say to the front office. We can voice our opinion, but I'm sure it's going to be, yeah, we hear you, and that's it. We obviously thought he'd be back. We obviously thought he'd be back. Again, Bobby, we talked about this early. And, but for him to say, we obviously all thought he'd be back, but the team and organization felt a different way. So here we kind of are um, with this situation. And Jalen Brown talked about it as well, saying he was surprised that that was happening. Also said he was happy to see a black head coach getting another job because that can go in the wrong direction as it has in other cases in the past. So, uh, you know, definitely like happy for Ime, but still confused with how things went down here in Boston. But Marcus's were definitely the stronger comments. He did also say, we, I get it too. I get that they couldn't, there's, some stuff they couldn't say, I get it. The whole situation is kind of shitty and it kind of is what it is, but there's enough here to lead you to believe a couple of things. They never really got the full story. If they did, they weren't fully on board with it, but they just had to take the organization's word for it. They never really wanted him gone to begin with. And if, if you're to believe Marcus here, they actually thought there's a possibility he'd be coming back at some point. And he's very much their guy. They like him. You know, they, they uh, you know, there's some players that had a really strong relationship with him. So I don't know. Is this enough to derail a season? Certainly not if they start playing really well and Joe Missoula does a great job, but this hanging over their heads, particularly if he goes to Brooklyn and is really successful and the Celtics flounder a little bit here, um, that's going to raise some questions. It's going to raise a lot of questions, not only uh, among the players, but also about just the relationship between that front office and the players. I think that, to me, that's where the Big divide time. is going to be very interesting to watch because Marcus basically said we can tell them whatever the hell we want and how we feel, but they're basically going to do whatever they want to do. Yep. And to your point, John, I, I know without question, there's a lot of stuff that these players weren't told. And that is why they feel the way they do, because based on the information that they've received, they were under the impression that this one year thing would probably be over and that he'd be back in a year. And that I can't imagine that. Well, Bobby, but, but here's the thing, Bobby, we're looking at it from the perspective of media. Uh, and we're looking, we're not, we have not been in those practices. We haven't been under the tutelage of Ime Yudoka. So we have a very different relationship with him. And I think that's why the players, I think, are much more inclined to assume that he's going to be back because we're looking at it from a much more 
I think objective, non-personal. We, we're we're looking at it specifically from the facts that we know. Whereas players, right. they're factoring that in with, also with what they're feeling. They're in their feelings to some extent when it comes right. to uh, Ime. And that's why they, I think, felt that he would be back in a year. But the, to me, the bigger concern, if you're the Celtics going forward, is the relationship you have with your players if you're the owner if your ownership in the front office because if he goes to Brooklyn and they take off and they get to the NBA finals and this team for whatever reason doesn't get nearly as far or they get to the playoffs and they play Brooklyn and get swept or lose that's going to the potential that has in a negative sense for some of the core guys in this team like Jalen like Jason Marcus there's no telling how the fallout will be from something like that uh, because they're looking around. And Marcus, I think, in, in the, the Hamelsbach piece, made reference to the fact that apparently what he did was was bad enough to where he couldn't stay here, but it was okay for him to go to Brooklyn and play for another team or coach at another team. Yeah. That's, that's a I tough pill to swallow. If you're a title contender and a key piece to that title run that you were envisioning this year is doing the work for someone else and you had control over that. Yeah, I think that's the part that that everyone's going to be thinking about if you're the Celtics, because you're wondering, well, wait a minute, where did this is where does this fall if the Brooklyn Nets are okay with it, but the Celtics weren't okay with it? And Bobby, I, I think that the Celtics, I mean, most most players are probably thinking maybe he comes back, maybe not, but they didn't think there would be a judgment this soon. I mean, it's November second. This isn't this isn't the one anyone had in mind, especially the players. And I think that you know, Marcus is just sort of being a bit transparent in, in the sense of of showing that maybe the Celtics organization isn't as team or player friendly, you know, as, as the rest of the you know, teams in the league, whether we're talking about teams that have top five, top 10 players who can sort of, you know, not manipulate, but have a strong influence on how things are, are run. I mean, I don't think this thing will blow up in their faces, but yeah, I think Sherrod, you're, you're onto something when you say if, if things go south and, and all of a sudden the Celtics are thinking, or, you know, the players are thinking, well, man, Brooklyn Nets, they really got their, you know, their ish together, but we'll, we'll wait a minute. Why did we lose Ime to begin with? You know, why weren't we consulted? Why wasn't this, you know, Look, why didn't we have a, a, maybe they could have spent more time trying to figure things out before making that decision to suspend them yeah. for a year. You know? Here's where, here's where, here's where it's tricky. Um, whatever he did here is not a Brooklyn issue. If you don't feel that it was like that, he's a, like, serial harasser a predator does something wholly inappropriate or something that rises to the level of i can't have a person like this in my building okay if they don't get did, to be held accountable to that either because well they would, if, they would if right. they would but if this, this came it, out it after on, this makes them this makes people think that it, that it wasn't that bad if if it, is, that's the problem if it came out after the fact that email the nets would be taking a very large risk this is where you're starting to stack pieces together either the nets are the biggest dog shit hypocritical you know uh organization with absolutely no scruples whatsoever didn't really care no, what they unearthed no. they just wanted the co they just wanted the coach that's possible and i think some people are just kind of guessing that's the case but honestly if you're the nets and you did learn it was actually pretty bad there's a ton of things out there and if they did get out there we would really be uh, under a lot of fire for bringing a person like this into our organization and we would create a big cluster here that's a large risk to be taking on they're doing that, it anyway no <laughs> that's the kind of that, but it's getting. only a risk if you think a bunch of stuff is going to come out but if what you found out was 
Yeah, it was something that probably was bad for the Celtics organization, and I can understand why they might have been pissed for whatever happened there. And yeah, he broke some rules, and probably it was going to be a weird situation to continue for them. This is not the type of thing that necessarily has carryover, so we're totally fine with it. It's their problem. It's not our problem. We're not bringing somebody into our fold that I feel is an unsavory person and this and that. It's a guy who made a mistake and did something he shouldn't have done. We're confident here it's a clean slate, and that's not the kind of thing that I'm worried about about because it's just the information doesn't you know scream to me that like okay we're 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 taking a massive risk with this guy so i don't believe it's just a nets thing i think if there were five head coaching vacancies throughout the course of the year Ime Odoka's name comes up right away because that's not their problem um with, with the celtics though it's very clear they just wanted to wash their hands with this and move it move it along and just push it out the door and and have it no longer be their issue. And I think they're thrilled uh, to have this happen. From a player's perspective, it's like, so that's it? You know, you just wanted Ime out the door. That's it. He's gone. What was this whole, like, he might come back? It's just a suspension. You feel, as Sherrod said, a little bit misled here. Um, and moreover from the Celtics, you also feel it doesn't matter where 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 you work what the if if your bosses are like we really can't tell you this even if they are justified in saying that you feel like okay that's cool so you don't trust us and that's going to create a little bit of friction there too which is we took you at your word. You said it was bad enough that he had to move on. Uh, so we had no choice but to take you at your word because you wouldn't give us any details. And now these guys are totally fine with him coaching. Something doesn't add up. And that's how they're going to feel. And that's how they clearly feel. It's a feel. tough situation. That's how and they clearly feel right now. They feel that I don't know if what he did was so bad that you guys should have whacked him in the first place. That's their vibe right now. And if that's the case, that's a problem. Well, part of the problem, John, is that the facts that I think the players have been given are things that, if we're being completely transparent, have been happening throughout NBA franchises yes. for the longest time. And that, I think, is part of the thinking why players thought, okay, what he did was wrong and he should be punished. Punish him and let's get back to playing basketball with him as our coach. Yep. Whereas the Celtics took the position, and, and again, you can argue whether they were right or wrong. He will never coach here again. He yep. will never coach here again. And we're not going to fire him because if we fire him, then we've got to work out some type of financial arrangement. Or, you know, if we so we'll we'll just suspend him for the year. And if he if another job comes open, we'll have the option of trying to I think that's where we get not. stuck. If if was they fight if they fired him, do you think the reaction would have been different? What, what reaction from the players? From everybody, I think people I, would have understood it a lot more. I think I think I, I think if they fired him, I think the reaction it would have become yesterday's news. <clears throat> it would have been it would have died a very quick death because clearly the, the the thinking would have been that they uncovered something that was so heinous that he did that they're just giving us kind of the little you know, drips of what happened because the true essence of what happened is so much heinous, more heinous than that, that they had to fire him. And that might have raised a lot of questions about any team that would take him on. But by suspending him for a year, it gave them the option of potentially getting compensation if they really wanted to, if another team was interested. And it also gave them enough room to just kind of, if let's say Joe Mazzulla was an absolute disaster, which he hasn't been, you could, in theory, potentially bring him back. That's uh, where but, this gets tough because this wasn't a basketball 
like I don't oh, think the Celtics. No. Yeah, I don't think the Celtics handled this on a basketball level. Once and that's and that's parents, what the and that's the issue the players have because they yeah. look at this from a basketball perspective. You're right. They're trying to win a championship. They're trying to be the last team standing, and they know that Eme had a lot to do with them having that shot, and they were looking forward to running it back and, and seeing if they could win a couple more, literally win two more games than they did. That's the thing. Season. You could have a problem with what Eme did and still be of the mind if you're in the Celtics organization. Was there not something else you could have done here? Was this the only option? The Celtics reacted, again, with the harshest penalty in the history of the league um, in lieu of firing because firing had potential legal ramifications if you tried to withhold money down the line. So the suspension was, in effect, firing him by basically holding him hostage <laughs> and that's until, another, some until another team yeah. came calling. And this is they willed this to happen while under suspension. Anybody wants to talk to him, hell's yeah. And then I'm free of this and I don't have to worry about paying him anymore. And he's gone and he's off our books and we don't have to deal with it. And our conscience is clean. Uh, that The Celtics wanted this to happen. They obviously weren't. We knew that the players evidently didn't. Um, so uh, to them, they feel a little bit misled. Yeah. And, it's, right. and, and I don't know if there's anything that the Celtics as an organization can do to, to bridge that, that divide other than just win more games and hope that Joe Missoula is a rousing success. And again, you know, there, no one is getting too caught up in the record at this point of how the team, they're looking at more style of play and they're looking at just the relationships that he has with the players. And for the most part, things seem to be okay. But something that was said earlier about, uh, you know, Joe and just kind of really making the guys comfortable. And there's a, I have a problem with that. Um, I have a problem with that because this team at their best is when they learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right now, I think they are very comfortable. And when this team gets comfortable, they're not as good. They don't play with the same edge. They don't play with the same focus. They don't bring it every night the way you have to if you want to. Possession to possession. There were streaks tonight. When Udoka made these guys uncomfortable, when Marcus Smart talked about how Tatum, you know, doesn't pass the ball enough, and Ime essentially doubled down on saying, yep, and he's got to get better at that. Yeah, Joe won't do that. That's when things got a little bit uncomfortable in that locker room, and that's when guys locked in on what they had to do to keep getting better. I don't know if Joe at this point has figured out what's the best path, what's the best pathway to getting these guys to understand the importance and value of becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, again, right that's now, right. They're real, real comfortable with right everything. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that they don't seem to have a little edge, a little nastiness, a little tension amongst themselves to get better. Right now, they're very good, but they're not great. And they don't seem to have the tension required to become a great team. Yeah. So, yeah I think it's spot on. They got to figure it out. I Go ahead, Jimmy. Things. What you got, Jimmy? The first thing Sherrod said, if Ime Udoka goes to the Nets and, and they win the NBA Finals, then Ime Udoka should run for president, okay? Yeah. I'll say that right <laughs> off the bat. That is a big, big if, my friend. And I know I know it's a more of a worst-case scenario type thing, but not even Ime Udoka can save this Nets team right now. Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play basketball. It it's, seems very apparent. Um, ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot the basketball. And Kevin Durant doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. So I can't imagine Ime Odoka, who, by, by the way, was already a part of that franchise and has coached those players. And, yeah, they watched him leave. It wasn't like they demanded that he stayed. I, I just – I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, 
but it's a nice thought. And I, I'm sure that it, it can't hurt that, you know, Ime is probably a better fit to coach them as Steven Ash was. So in that sense, that does make the Nets better in some capacity. So if you're a Celtics yeah, fan. Yeah, better, but probably still not good. Sure. If you're a Celtics right. fan, you don't love to see it. I think Ime will eventually be coaching different players on that team, whether it's this season, next season, whatever. Um, the other thing I'll say about the whole Ime thing, and I don't know anything more than you guys know. I find it extremely, extremely hard to believe that the players don't know what happened. I'm fairly certain that they do. Um, it would be very simple for them to talk to Ime on the side. You, you think he's going to tell them? Yeah, I, I think they probably have a pretty close enough relationship where he probably owes some sort of explanation to them. I know there's probably maybe a limit to what he can say, and maybe there's Before, some details that will spare. Uh, but I, I, I put it this way: I would be stunned if some of the, if these players haven't figured it out. Or I think the version. Around. I think you're probably right in the sense of Jimmy. The version of what the players do know, whether they have every fact, is right. something that they think probably right. was not a hangable offense. Sure. Right. 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 And I think whatever version they know. Sure. Right. But I. But I also think. But I also think that while they probably don't think the offense was was bad enough to cause him to leave, I think they, if they know everything that they're supposed to know, maybe it's not what was done, maybe it's who it was done to, and maybe that had a big play into the decision. I think what I'm, where I'm getting at here is maybe the Celtics made more of a like an ethical slash moral decision where it's like, yeah, the action is in and of itself has been going on, Sherrod, let's say, for however long. Like, like, oh, in, no, in, I in the league. But like you got to be, you like, got to be careful. You got to be careful with who you get in relationships with, right? And, and Especially I don't if have, you're the head coach. And again, we don't blame Ime once tonight. Like, this well, is on him. No, I was going to, right. I was getting of around course, to that as well. Of course it is. That's a given. Yeah. That's it's in, right. in its own bucket. Ime right. made his own bed here. Right. Everything is because of him. We're now just simply talking about what happens next. Okay. Yeah, right. It's a mess. It was created by Ime. Then what happens? Everything else right. after that is really so what, I think, what's, I think what's, the players what's in play here. Probably yeah. understand that you know whatever happened, maybe the action itself happens, but it, sometimes you know the situations are all, all a little bit different, and that's why they've been so tight-lipped about it. But if I'm a player, yeah, of course I'd be upset. Of course I'd be pissed. And, and that's what, fair. My big concern is is if the players don't trust the front office or aren't on the same page as the front office, you've got some big decisions coming up. You know, Jalen Brown's going to be a free agent soon. And, you know, he's certainly going to be remembering how things sort of transpired here. You know, obviously Marcus Smart, who's your captain and your, your leader in a sense, speaking for the team, I would say pretty much today and, and everything that he said and how they're, you know, a little bit upset, confused, the whole nine yards about everything. And it sounds like the communication just hasn't been there in terms of, you know, what they thought maybe Ime's future would hold and what the team had already known what Ime's future was holding. Yeah. If they feel like they're on the outside looking in, then there's a big trust issue there. And that's going to be huge when it comes to trade deadlines and, and free agency and, you know, whether or not you trust, you know, a lot of people had, didn't feel like they could trust Danny Ainge. Well, okay. Now, how do you feel? Do you feel like you can trust Wick? Do you feel like you can trust Brad um, or believe them at, at what they say? So yeah, these are all questions that uh, are going to arise now. And I said it to you guys in a group text earlier, if, and when the Celtics do lose, it's going to be the first question is going to be, you know, did they screw themselves over before the season even started? And if that's what, and if that's the excuse they use, that's on the players. Like they, they have every right to feel the way they do now. 
And just like they did after media day and after training camp, move on. It's done. It's not changing. You still got the team here. You still have this great opportunity in front of you. And if you hang your hat on Emei not being there at the end, you were never going to win it all it's anyway. An excuse. The coach wasn't going to yeah, win the championship. It's an excuse. But there's there's moving on in the sense that you're professionals and you're supposed to be able to handle all manner of distraction and do your job. But it doesn't mean you forget. At the end of the day, if you did do your job and did everything to, to, to the best of your ability and you your coach bungled your way, bungled, you know, their way through, you know, the, the postseason, and you didn't feel that you had the proper leadership at the end, you're going to look back and say, what a shit show, you know, like I did what I could, I did my best, but this mm -hmm. sucked. There's, you're not right. going to forget it. So you can still be professional, put it behind you, play ball and not dwell on it in the sense that you're going to talk about it daily, but it's going to stick there in your mind the right. whole time. That's if, a different discussion. If things don't go well here. At the end of the day, it's, it's Wick's call, and he felt that whatever was done and whoever it was done with and whatever he Had found to be. out, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't going to be enjoyable for him to even watch Emei win the NBA Finals. It, it went beyond that. He didn't. He he he. It was it was personal at that point. Apparently, I mean that's well, who if, knows. If, well, if it wasn't business, if people say it wasn't business, then. It could be. We don't know. There that. could have been fear yeah, of losses. There could have been improprieties we don't know about. There could have been personal of issues. Course. Again, it's, it's hard to speculate, but for whatever reason, they decided this guy can't work here anymore. And yeah. I'm certain of it, whatever that reasoning was. So but there is were... one silver lining. Yeah. Wick, if Wick gets out of the email deal, a couple more bucks in his pocket. You know, we got the tax, tax coming into play here. Bobby can probably run through those numbers, but... If Wick is a richer man after all this, then you, Ime, better, put the, you better put the money back into the team some other way. Because Missoula's probably bowl. getting minimum wage. Ime was making bowl bowl money. Okay, he's not making a lot. He was making like two and a half mil. You're not saving a ton yeah. here. Oh, bowl money. Yeah. Bowl, bowl money. Here's the thing, and these two things aren't related. You can that's still that's bowl bowl money. <laughs> he's that's a throw-in to make the make the math work. Ricochet that's all Ime is. Yeah, 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 man. It was a ricochet. <laughs> John and I touched on this briefly yesterday. This does put the Missoula decision into focus a little bit more, though, now. I mean, it's going to be fair to ask, is he the coach going forward? Are you committed to him? Are you confident in him? And if this year it doesn't go well because he's the coach, that's not like, oh, could they have kept the Ime thing? Once Ime was gone, you had to make the decision on who the coach was. And Brad said with utmost confidence that Joe was the guy. And now Brad has to be held to that decision. Like from that point on that you lose Ime, you can judge Brad and that front office and ownership for everything from that point on. And if they lose a year here, cause they didn't make the right head coaching choice, you know, whatever difficult spot they were in at that point, uh, you're going to be able to hold them accountable for that. And if you're on a fourth head coach in four years next year, that's tough, especially going into Brown's contract year, as you said, Jimmy. So they're in a mm -hmm. tough spot. You give them some leeway for that because at the end of the day, they found this out weeks before the season. And, you know, you're going to be able to overhaul your staff at that time? Probably not. But you have to make some tough decisions here going forward over the next look, year. The players feeling the way they feel is a major subplot to the, to the season. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what this team needs, I mean, we spent an entire year and a half or year two saying – they need somebody who's tough, who can yep. tell With cachet them, and relationships who, who's and all that. Who's got yeah. relationships, who's got presence, gravitas, you know, can relate to them, you know, and can pull right. them aside and tell them they're assholes every once in a while, which is what Emei famously did on multiple occasions. And we, we 
he just he got a lot of credit for turning a team that looked dead ass for a year and a half to the friggin' NBA finals, buying into a system of accountability and effort on a nightly basis. Only by doing that day in, day out, possession to possession, were they able to play this way. And already you have a team that's inconsistent, not just from game to game, from quarter to from quarter to quarter, possession to possession. Sometimes some really good defense, sometimes really lax. Sometimes everybody crashes the boards. Other time everybody stands around. There's Right now they're not playing with the same fire and intensity. And yes, it could be a finals hangover. Yeah, maybe they're reading their press clippings and thinking that there's something special. But that's where the coach comes in and says, what the F are you guys doing? Get over yourselves. And I don't know that they have that at the moment. So that's a big deal. Joe might be a brilliant basketball, tactical basketball mind, but so was Brad. That wasn't what we thought they needed. So this is a a potential problem uh, going forward. I'm not going to judge Joe entirely on seven, eight games. That's not fair. It's really more a matter of style and what we felt this team needed. They didn't mature so much in the last 35, 40 games of last year that they no longer need coaching. This isn't Kyrie and the Nets where we basically can just manage ourselves. They need somebody to keep this keep this thing together and keep them in line and keep them motivated, right? Yeah. Not easy to find, though. Definitely. You're it's the hard. perfect guy. You're the perfect guy and it's brutal that they weren't able to make it work. So, and again, oh, I, I I go back that's to what you time. say, Bobby. It starts with Ime, and that's it. And it's his fuck. It's his fault to begin with. But the players are looking <laughs> at it as like we found it. We found this. You know, we found what we we kind of found the formula. We found the secret sauce, and now we don't have it. But they're definitely yeah, not yeah. playing with the same fire and discipline. And, and they also and, need to get over it. Sure. In right? time. In time. You know, uh, you understand yeah, it. He it's not dead. I mean, you can still talk to him. He's just not coaching your team anymore, at least for now. You know, who oh. knows? The player might leave the Celtics someday, and he, if they really want him to coach, they want him to be their coach so bad, you can figure it out later on in your career. But it is what it is. They gotta they they gotta look in the mirror, or look look around that locker room, and and yeah. play together as a team. And Joe's your coach. He's gonna be your coach all year. They're not gonna change coaches this year. So. Yes. Cass, I swear we don't know. He keeps asking us to spill the beans. I swear we don't know. We Nobody know. knows. A lot of people pretend. If we did know. know, we would say we don't the know. The people who pretend to know are the dumbest people alive. Yeah, the amount of things <laughs> that I've been sent in texts and tweets or that are like, I'm hearing, are so easily disprovable. Some of these runaway yeah. theories where everyone's certain they know, and it's the wife of a son. You could Google it and disprove it in four seconds. Most of the rumors out there are garbage. So again, don't, <laughs> cha- don't chase that stuff. Nobody actually knows, and that's kind of what's perplexing about the whole thing, is after all of this time, you don't have any more information, which has made it very difficult for everybody, fans, media, and players to formulate an opinion. And it's kind of created the situation that they're currently in. And it's been exacerbated by the, you know, imminent hire of uh, Ime Odoka by the Brooklyn Nets to coach them. So it's messy. Uh, I don't, it'll, it's, it's, this is going to hang over uh, the team's head for a little while until they pull their shit together and they start playing better if they do. And then nobody's going to care anymore. Um, this isn't an issue if they're, if they take care of their own business. So uh, we'll see right now, um, you know, some rough sailing to start the season, but nothing to, I think, panic about. 
uh, as of yet. Um, guys, closing thoughts we here will. before we wrap it. We're going to say good night. Closing uh, thoughts. Handle your business. Bulls come to town. Yeah, your business. You're not going in track. Yeah. We can we can sit and, and go around for, for eons about email, but the bottom line, this team's got to play better, uh, regardless of who the hell the coach is. And you know they got to be they got to learn how to close out games. Talk so. about resistance defensively, and this team still is in a good place on that end. Io DeSumo's twenty-seven for thirty against you. 27 for 30 from the field. How about go out and stop them on Friday? That'd be a good start for this defense. Just make him miss a damn shot at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this team, talk about like looking at them, and you put it well, Sherrod. They're pretty good. They're not great. They were great last year. Where is that resistance defensively? I don't feel like any sequence this year, it's looked hard to score on them. It looks easy at, at points. It's amazing how much they missed. That's the only time I'm going to say his name on the show. But they missed the hell out of Rob Williams. So People are asking for a Rob update. We don't have a Rob update. Um, I've seen him at practice. Yeah. He's shooting Play free throws. Play. That's Play. it. Play ball. Yeah. My, my guy. No. It's a, it's, it's a, everyone say it's a bridge to Rob. And then once you get Rob, you can assess – all right, this is closer to what this team is supposed if to look you like. Get Talk about another you thing to not hang your hat on. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, almost we didn't get Rob. We didn't get Rob back. Oh. I've almost forgotten he, he exists. But anyway, um, the, I'm reminded every time I see them play. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, guys, thanks again. We do appreciate you hanging out. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, as always. Make sure you turn on your notifications. You will be alerted when we go live, which is after every single game and during breaking news situations like the one we just had involving Emeo Doka heading over mm -hmm. to coach the Nets. Once again, we want to tell you about our sponsor for this program, which is the number one health and wellness app, Calm. Go to calm.com slash garden. Receive a 40% off uh, a calm premium subscription uh, when you do that. It's a very, very, very good deal. So please go check that out um, and uh, and enjoy. So again, subscribe to our YouTube channel, as we said. Uh, there it is right there. Exclusive Celtics content you can find only here at CLNS Media. Thanks to Sherrod Blakely, Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone, Bobby Manning. Uh, a bunch of these clowns are going to be at the Garden on Friday checking out uh, the Bulls game, Joe Sway, Bobby, and Sherrod will all be there. We'll be back with the post-game show. And on Saturday, uh, at least two-thirds of you are going to New York. Joe Sway and Bobby will be taking on that Knicks game on the back-to-back. -back. Nice. These guys never miss a New York trip, and they never miss a Miami trip. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> You're not going back to your old state? What's going on? <laughs> That's your New York. Hey, why, why not? Why not? That's the yeah. place to be. These guys like their LA trips, their yeah. Miami trips, and their New York trips. How come trips? they don't want to go to Oklahoma, Oklahoma City? Yeah. What about Sacramento? Yeah. <laughs> Those are the real diamonds in the rough. Right there. <laughs> well, when the, when the team gets there, you know what together. Maybe we'll go to Oklahoma City. I will say, we should have been. Sean, I got a really cheap flight to OKC. It's a sentence <laughs> I'll never hear from Boston. Bobby, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I regret not going They're all to... up and up, maybe. maybe it's yeah. I, reg I regret not going to Cleveland tonight. That would have been a good one. We, yeah. we missed that one. Yeah, me too. Cleveland's yeah. not cheap either, right, to get to? No. It's I, all business. Price didn't, look, didn't look too bad, but we just... We overlooked Cle it. We might have to start putting Cleveland on the itinerary because these Cleveland's games have been a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. These games are fun. Donovan Mitchell, by the way, looks good. slimmer this year, and he looks a lot better. He looks a lot more serious. I thought last year he looked – I mean, for an NBA basketball player, he looked a little right. doughy, I He's guess. Good. He just – he looks yeah, like a killer yeah, this year. Yeah. His springs back. Those dunks he throws down are something else. Killer. killer. That was pretty He's funny back and forth between Jalen Brown and, and Donovan Mitchell after – on Twitter after Jalen Brown dunked on him. He said he's going to get the picture framed, and then that was a pretty funny back and forth. But Yeah, yeah. Nobody really yeah. got yeah. the wins. No, exactly. Uh, we told Jay we tried to – Wear those phenomenal shirts, John. How about those phenomenal shirts? I wanted to get Jimmy to bed before 1130 before he starts to get ornery and says shit like that. Um, but we are going to wrap it up. So good night, everybody. Thank you.